Welcome to the ATX Sidebars podcast. Views and expressions on society, current events, cultural differences, and everything in between. With your host, Marcy Ange. Welcome to the ATX Side 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 Bars Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome to ATX Sidebars, episode 12. It's your girl, Spicy Ange. Ooh, coming strong, I like it. I know, it. I just feel so good. It's nice, I like it's been a while, but it's your boy Diggs. And today we brought back uh, our guest from last episode, Victoria. Victoria, introduce yourself. Say what up to the audience. What's up, everybody? It's Victoria. I am back at it again. I know. So thank you. Yeah, I know. Thank you for we potted. We potted. We (laughs) potted. So thanks for joining us again, Um, you guys. It's been a minute. I think this has officially been the longest time we haven't recorded. Yeah, I want to say we last time we it's been at least over a month. It's been over a month, but we've been busy. Yes, we all busy. Booked and busy. Well, I've been booked and busy. Oh, I don't know what you really have been booked and busy. This girl over here, she's slow flex on us. Um, but what's up? How was Aruba? Oh, Aruba was a shit show. I see. Um, I see that little scar on your hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to? You want to explain? So want to explain that, to that the came, listeners what that, happened? So that came from the groom. I went there for a wedding. My buddy Diego's wedding. Shout out to beautiful wedding, good times. And uh, we were all drunk the first night. Went out to a club. We're walk. We're walking to another club. Big puddle, decided to give people piggyback rides. He jumped on my back and I just fucking ate shit. Mm. And thank God I put <laughs> my hands in front of me because that would have been oh. really mm. bad. Missing teeth or something. It hurt. <laughs> so I had mud on my white shirt, but the party must go on. And I still went to the club. So uh, In the white shirt? In the white shirt oh. with mud all over me. Just Mm-mm. zero so fucks. Well, you 20, know what? Game zero fucks. I was with there with my people. They know who I am. They know what I'm about. No, no one to impress. <laughs> Victoria, what you been up to, girl? I have been working out. That's all I've been doing lately. I know. I've been seeing you, girl. I've been seeing you. A little workout on. So today, uh, (laughs) so I told you guys this, uh, but I'm going to let the listeners know. I've been doing a little juice cleanse. Well, just like a juice (laughs) replacement for two meals. I get to eat dinner, but I legit am starving right now. She's, if she comes off and says some loopy shit, I know it's, it's hour, because I'm delirious. I'm a little hangry, guys. Not enough air to the brain. Um, I've been telling Victoria all day. I'm like, girl, I'm so hungry. I was like, I just want some food. See, I don't know how y'all do that. I was talking about that. All y'all, most of the chicks be doing this like meal replacement and juice cleanse. Like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking eat. I'm just trying to reset, and you know about this, Victoria, yeah. because you did like a little resetting detox initially and now you are on a journey of like eating 
more than probably you have before, but like yeah. healthy eating, right? Like yeah. you're, every couple hours you're eating like a boiled egg or some kind of Chicken. protein or something like that. So, whole scale and everything. Yeah. Like, out my macros. Yeah, so it's, it's getting you real. know, but this is just Ooh. like a reset. So I've been um, traveling the last month, you know, work travel, so things like that. Now. I am, but slight flex. You know, I just had to agree with you. It was a bit you. of a bar. You're right. I do it. But uh, you know, when you're like out and about and you're eating dinner and hard. stuff, it's really hard. Home, and you're not hard. working out when you're on the road because literally, when whenever you travel for work, you actually uh-huh. work more because mm-hmm. you're uh-huh. there all day. And then there's usually some kind of dinner afterwards so by the time you end up getting back to your hotel it's like nine ten o'clock and then you're just mentally and physically exhausted and you know who the hell has time to do a workout i guess i could do you no. know a push-up or two in the trip. hotel room but well to be honest with you i just don't it's, it's, <laughs> i thought i would but i went to chicago no. recently i'm like mm, nope when i got back from the day like, you're just tired in bed. well yeah. that's a lot of the reason why i've never wanted to go to the field if i'm being quite honest with you i'm very much into Trying to be as healthy as I can outside mm-hmm. of what I do on the weekends, but mm-hmm. don't worry about my life, live your life. But, um, but like the traveling and the driving to customer site and the taking customers out, and you probably end up drinking a little bit on the weekday, and mm-hmm. you have to, eat, you know. And there's ways. I, I know I'm making excuses, but it, we're not saying that you can't do it. It is diff- It's more mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is. I'm a very structured person. But I mean, speaking of working out. Our girl Victoria hit, uh, here hit a little PR record with her squat. Oh, oh she was so excited! What you hit, about girl? That, what you yeah? hit? Two hundred pounds. That's that's, that's pretty. Awesome. That's pretty boss move right there. Two hundred pounds. And how many times did you do? How many reps? I only did one rep. Uh, but you didn't even think you could do that. No, I didn't. See, it's crazy. And that was my first day of training, so mm-hmm. like that's my starting point. So now I'm Ooh, really girl. I used to the bar high. <laughs> I think I'm just trying to get really to that point. <laughs> Like 280 to 300 is your goal. Oh, oh okay. You're like, all right. That's wow. But no, but it's crazy because I'd be, be there sometimes too and I don't push myself because <laughs> I'm like, nah, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you do it. You're like, holy fuck. Like, I could literally probably do more weight. It's it's pretty funny. But that is a because that's a very proud moment. It's, a, it's really a like mental so. thing too. Um, like if you have that mental block that you can't, if you tell yourself you can't do it, then you're not going to do it, right? But you have to mm-hmm. tell yourself that it's possible and that you can do it um, and then ultimately do it, right? With anything in life. With anything in life. So anyways, that whole story came about because I'm fucking hungry. I've been (laughs) juicing and I just can't wait to... Not to be confused with like juicing like steroids guys. Yeah, yeah. No, like a green (laughs) juice. A green juice with... It has kale, (laughs) celery, green apple, parsley. That sounds... Um, I think it's called maca or matcha green tea, lemon juice, and I oh, and arugula. That sounds. I love arugula. Awful. All that. It actually awful. wasn't bad tasting. I thought it was going to be way worse because it's like way too green. Well, you're also mixing everything under the. Yeah, I do wheatgrass yeah. shots every day. No, I can't do. I can't do so it. Like if if it if it tasted like wheatgrass, I'd be <laughs> done the first thirty minutes. I'm like, I'm I done. I'm over this. <laughs> but I've almost survived the day, and so I can't wait to have Mind dinner. You, this, you are you this. doing this just one day? Is it just today? Well, it's supposed to be like three days, but I'm going to do it one. Baby steps, okay? <laughs> Don't look at me all crazy. I'm just, I was trying to get through day one. Let me get through day one, <laughs> and let me see if I want to go to day no. two. She's about to give up day one. <laughs> <laughs> you better stop. 
funny. I know. I'm so yeah, hungry. Geez. I just want to give up right now. I just want like a cheeseburger. You, you might end up getting used to the first day might be the roughest day. The, the first day is always the roughest. Like everyone who does it says they feel usually feel better, so much better after day three. But yeah. that's because like I I swear. I've peed like more than I ever have in my life. Ooh. I told Victoria, I was like, girl, I feel skinnier already. <laughs> hey, that's healthy, man. If you're drinking a lot of liquids, you gotta I know, be good. My God. That's the point of it, right? Because you're flushing everything yeah. out. So it's kind of a new Oh, I have an update, Diggs. Oh, an update on what? So I was at the grocery store the other day. I bagged one bag. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> Baby steps. Baby this is steps. fantastic. I had a whole thing of groceries and there was no bagger. And the cashier should have, as they were scanning, put it in the bag, but she didn't. So I was kind enough to put a few items I was kind in the bag. But then once I did that, a bagger did come and I was like, all right, I'm good. Well, that's fair. Hands off. But hold up. How is the <laughs> scanner supposed to put stuff in the bag if they got to continue scanning? I, well, what are they getting? You do it they're at the same time. They're getting paid to be a cashier. Well, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not saying they can't bag, but they're not going to do it simultaneously. They can't. It first. No, it's because efficiency. no, because it's not efficient. The bag, okay. You because guys, what they're waiting for is is a bagger to come, like the bagger came. That's true. So true. They, if they do that, the bagger didn't come. Sometimes that's true. they don't always come because the bagger always ends up helping you. I don't end up bagging yeah. all was my your first groceries. First job at a grocery store? No, I've never worked. It was a <laughs> movie theater. Though. I don't know why we always get on the subject of this bagging thing, but I figured I'd bring it up because we're proud of you. Yes, so I want you to be proud yeah. of me. I'm very proud I bagged of you. one bag. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shut up. I know. Oh, that's amazing. Phenomenal. I know. I'm patting myself on the back. Progression, man. Forget y'all. Okay? Making the world one better place one, one spicy edge at a time. I know. So, what else? Oh, the other thing um, that I wanted just to do a, a quick update. So, we talked about it on the last episode about the homeless problem in mm-hmm. Austin. Mm-hmm. And looks like Governor Abbott stepped in and is having TxDOT uh, clean up mm-hmm. all the bridges and, you know, all the loitering, the tents and all that stuff. So um, that is happening now. It's on national news. I guess It's on national. It's like, yeah, it's it's pretty insane. I, I can't believe it even got to this point to where the, the state had to step in um, and do something about it. But literally in a matter of weeks when this, uh, what is it called, this uh, policy kind of, or the ban of the policy kind of went into effect. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, people just came out of the woodworks. Y'all, I have a homeless lady living in building 12 of my complex now. Like they're, like she's living in the... What do you call it? The hallway? The hallway. The hallway. Really? Yes. I accidentally let her in and I, I had like a suspicion like she was carrying like a big blanket and uh-huh. I had a little bag and I'm like, shoot. And yeah. I let her through the gate and then I talked to like the maintenance person about it and she's been living like in the hallway of building 12 since this policy. So now they're just like finding places to go so that their tents aren't up. It's Yeah. It's pretty sad. But I think um, they're supposed to be opening up 150 beds somewhere to kind of accommodate but i don't know what's going to happen i just know that within a matter of weeks things got super out of hand and i mean something needed to be done about it uh, it was just insane what I, was going I, on. i've changed my tune on that 
Why? Because I disagree with all y'all. I just think I just think it's it's inhumane what we're trying to do to these people. Um, and I think what Governor Abbott's trying to do with criminalizing homelessness is is, is I don't a think load we should. Cr- it's not about criminalizing homelessness. It's, it's okay. That's not what I'm talking, I'm talking about. What Abbott did. I'm still just talking yeah. about he's criminalizing it, and you can, well, that we makes should not sense. do that. That's like criminalizing drugs. That's why we have. When 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 governors and when people do shit like that, they do that to keep poor people in, in jail. Here's my That's thought, what they're though. doing. I know that I've I've heard from lots of people's stories who've had interactions with homeless people mm-hmm. that homeless people will actually commit crimes to go to jail because they have a home and they have food when they're in jail. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing. When he says that he wants to criminalize it, to me that's saying taxpayers' dollars. Mm-hmm. He'd rather get them off the street and put them in jail and have us have an excuse to increase our taxes, which we already know they're going up, yeah. mm-hmm. which does solve some of the homeless problem by not having them actually commit violent or you know drug related crimes and things. Like I, I see, like, but at the same time, we're still paying for it. So if we're going to be putting our dollars towards that, why don't we put it towards like, something good to help them out here yeah. in the community? Like, like I think last job. weekend, last weekend Formula One. Um, so Formula One was in town yep, um, in Austin. I think so. you went. Um, they were actually employing some of the homeless and paying them like $15 an hour, which is really good, That's right? That's work, yeah. Um, to but do I'm some... Actually paying them. Yeah, they were paying them to mm-hmm. do work. I don't know if they uh, work in the parking lot, things like that. So I thought that was amazing. And I think we should do more things like that, mm-hmm. um, empowering them, giving them jobs, right? So that they're a little bit more self-sufficient um, and not so dependent, um, you know, on government programs or, or things like that. So... Um, I I agree. I I don't like the inhumane factor, but at the same time, it wasn't this bad a few weeks ago. I'm just I'm just saying it got bad in a very short period of time. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen so many tents under bridges. Well, that's because or, they weren't allowed. That's because they weren't allowed. And, right. But the minute they allowed the tents, obviously they were going right, to do that. That's so that's what why I'm we saying. didn't see them though. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It it got out of hand. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I guess it depends how you look at it. I, I don't know the right. There's, there's I don't a know whole the right answer. Issue it is. I don't know the right answer, so but deep. I know the right answer isn't to criminalize it, and I know the right answer isn't to um, make them look like they're or feel or act like they're not humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't know what the right answer is. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's most of these people aren't really that bad of people. Some of them definitely are, absolutely. And most of them, uh, what was the statistic? Something like 60%, I have to look it up, have a uh, mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. their mental illness and then throwing them in jail isn't going to fix the mental illness. Mm-hmm. That's how all mm-hmm. of our jail systems are too. Most of the people are mental illness. So, yeah. so it's more than that. And this wasn't even a topic we're going to go into, but it was- uh, I just wanted to give <laughs> an, an update, update because yeah. that that is happening as we speak. So, and I know that we had talked about it on the previous episode. So I just wanted to- you know, bring it up um, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, discuss what what's happening and what right? we talked about. Yeah, in, in and what we talked about. Yeah. Speaking of jail, yeah, y'all, we got some crazy topics. Today. We <laughs> got some crazy topics. So <laughs> let's let's you know what? Let's just get right into no. it. Since since we're talking about jail and the systemic issue, mm-hmm. okay, guys, we live here in Texas, and something is supposed to be going down November twentieth that a lot of celebrities have been very vocal about. A lot of people here in Texas have been very vocal about. This has been a topic of conversation um, throughout the last uh, 
few years, actually. I think unless you've been living under a rock, I think yeah. many people have heard about the Rodney Reed case. And he is scheduled to be executed on November 20th for uh, the death of, uh, I think her name was Miss Styles, I think is what they, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a 19-year-old woman that he apparently was having an affair with. Um, Stacy Stites. Yes, there we go. And he is scheduled to be executed um, on November 20th. Um, he is currently on death row. And he's been new, on death row for 20 years. Yeah, he's been on death row for 20 years. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him being wrongfully um, accused. Um, he's always maintained his innocence over the past 20 years. And recently, some new evidence has come to light that, you know, just has people even more up in arms because they're like, what the hell are you guys doing? This man has been wrongfully accused. It's clear as day based on the new evidence and he should be exonerated. Um, And so there's been petitions going around. I know uh, Kim Kardashian has been very vocal about the Rodney Reed case and even calling out Governor Abbott um, about, uh, you know, exonerating him. So what are your thoughts on this, guys? This is crazy what's happening. It's really crazy. I don't even know where to start. It's just like upsetting to think about. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it, it, especially in Central Texas, like we see this stuff in the news, like this stuff really happens in like your backyard. It this really happened does. in Bastrop. Yes, the murder happened in Bastrop. Like this is literally area. 40 minutes mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And it's just crazy that, like, just seeing how it wasn't, it's really an interracial relationship and, like, the new evidence that's coming out mm-hmm. and his, um, you know, insinuating that it was always the, the woman's fiance mm-hmm. and he's maintained that stance this entire time. And it's, it really makes sense. Like, think of that time period and, and interracial relationships and she's, engaged to be married like the motive is there for the fiance if this right. affair was really taking place right it's just it's, it's deep yeah enough. i mean first of all um it sucks because i'm upset that this is national news now and we have such little runway to make things work like the fact that we found out about this like that real i'm sure people have been fighting for this and fighting for him for yeah a while. i've been hearing about several years now but mm-hmm. it's now really come to the front because the execution is less than a month away or Correct. about a month and so no, well, it's less no right now yeah, it's yeah, two weeks, away. Away. It's like yeah, two weeks yeah. away and and it's it's but regardless like all the petitions all that i'm sure there have been but not to this national scale right and it's only happened the past month which sucks but it is what it is we are we are where we are mm-hmm. but um to your point it happened in the late 90s um in a small rural probably racist area at the time mm-hmm. uh Stacy Stites was engaged to his name was Jimmy Fennell, Fennel. who was a member of the police department in Bastrop. Mm-hmm. And she was having an affair with Rodney Reed. Right. So the evidence that's been coming out is that Jimmy Fennell found out about the affair. Right. And he had a history of being of domestic violence. He actually went to jail for 10 years after for raping and assaulting a woman. Mm-hmm. Um and Rodney Reed got blamed for it due to circumstantial evidence that they found some of his DNA inside her because they had consensual relations. They found some of his semen yes. inside her. Right. Mm-hmm. And the the defendants, rather, the prosecution, I'm sorry, it withheld a bunch of evidence. They say they found the murder weapon, which was a belt. They say she got strangled with a belt, mm-hmm. but they never tested it for DNA, ever. 
mm-hmm. and they've been asking and asking and asking mm-hmm. test it for DNA and they haven't done it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the first thing you would test for DNA? Right. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. And they've been asking for it and they have not tested it. To this day, they can still test it. Yes, they still have the evidence. They still have it. But you can still test it for DNA and get a positive match mm-hmm. to this day. So that's first and foremost, the evidence that they're withholding. Right. Right. That's kind of the big thing. On top of that, and I'll grant, granted, the rest of this year is circumstantial. You can technically say that in the court of law. You can't def- definitely prove it. But mm-hmm. her husband, like I said, had a history of being mm-hmm. extremely violent. I think he was her fiance. Domestic charges. Yeah, I'm sorry, her fiance, fiance yeah. Uh-huh. And another police officer came out and said that when he was at her funeral, the police officer heard her husband say, you got what you deserved. Like, yeah. he heard it. And he withheld it the whole time because, again, it's the late 90s. They were both police officers and mm-hmm. they were... I don't know if they had each other's back or one of them was too scared to to speak up. But a lot of people are speaking up. And even her family, even her co-workers have recently come on and said, you know what? They were in a consensual relationship with her and Ronnie Reed. We knew. She told us. Mm-hmm. But again, too scared to speak up in the late 90s for a backlash that could have come from maybe the police department. Like, who knows? Like, who knows what it was? But the times were different in the late 90s. And I hate saying that. And I'm not making that an excuse. But that's the self-evident truth of exactly what the fuck happened. Right. Mm-hmm. There's all this lack of evidence that they're not allowing to come out. Mm-hmm. He's maybe said maintain his evidence. Everything is just like, are you fucking serious? You really you really aren't going to like it's a it's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. And it's a black man getting fucked again. Yeah. And it's really what it is. And it's interesting because it once again, it's like black man versus police. And I feel like it's just something we see more mm-hmm. and more often. And yes, it's like a different situation than an officer mm-hmm. on duty. And mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. Like it's the same principle behind th- it, and it's happening. It's just it's happening. Too I much. think it's 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 bigger than that. Even mm-hmm. I, the system is just fucked. I mean, is think back at the Central Five, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the whole thing. How bad, like everything was done. You know, from the interviews and just trying to test the evidence, and you know, uh, the DNA, and the, it's just. So when you say bad, what do you mean by bad? Do you mean that it was just people doing their jobs poorly? Or yes. do you mean they purposely... But I don't think I they think were doing both. their jobs poorly. I think they purposely knew what they were doing. I do too. Yeah. Personally, that's what and I think. At yeah. this point, like evidence in this case, how how long was the fiancé, you guys, a police officer after? And how long did he have access to that evidence mm-hmm. after this happened? Because mm-hmm. how can you even trust that at this point either? Right. Like this is so right. convoluted. Like, mm-hmm. Not to mention for the leading... Um, Forensic scientists, mm-hmm. four of the top forensic scientists in the country, have said that there is no way in hell, based off the time frame that she was killed, could Rodney Reed have done it. Right. Like, they've said it. The four leading forensic scientists have said it. And the alibi that Jimmy Fennell has, her fiancé, was that he was out drinking, when in reality, they've already understood that he was at her home the day that, she, at the time that she was murdered, at the time they figured out that she was murdered. So it's like all this evidence against them and they still can't exonerate Rodney Reed. My question is what I'm confused about is knowing all this, why hasn't Governor Abbott pardoned him? Like, that's a big what's, question. What's, what's, the, is, what's the process? What, what forces external or internal are causing him not to speak to it or not to pardon him? Like, there's some that's- shady shit going on. Right. That's that's the big question is like, why hasn't he even responded? I mean, to anything. The outrage, right, the outrage by uh, the public, the outrage by, um, you know, some of the celebrities that have called him out just in general, 
with the light of this new these new evidence i mean not a word and the days are are counting down and this man's life is going to be taken away um and the likelihood is that he's innocent right with with this new evidence um Mm -hmm. so it's 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 insane to me that this is happening um in our backyard I don't think that they're going to, I can't imagine that they're going to let this happen. The govern, the backlash that would come from the public after what's happened in Dallas, after what is now twice in a row with innocent people, innocent black men, women being murdered. It's, the, this state cannot afford this right now. I mean, to be all, in all honesty, like this, I think, well, this could like really be something that sparks a huge judicial uprising. Right. And just more. Just like no, we're, it's true. Hate to say it, but people are on edge. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. and it's not even a, not not a, I'm not threatened by me because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that type of person that's going to go and do that. But like, no. people are on edge. Mm-hmm. Like, something's gonna at some point there's gonna be some sort of tipping stone. I'm saying that I'm not saying that's the right way to go because mm-hmm. it's not. But there, you know, blacks, browns, a lot of marginalized group keep getting stepped on and trampled on look even a dog knows the difference between getting tripped over and getting kicked mm-hmm. like and at some point somebody's going to break and it's not it's not gonna be pretty with that said i pray that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. i just i don't know like i don't know I, I don't have faith in in the system because all of these things are are not that it's a broken system because i don't think it's broken i think the system designed to work the way exactly that it's working that's me personally i think that's how it's been designed Um, And I think the government and the system gives us a little bit, gives us enough for us to think, oh, no, it's working fine. And they'll Mm -hmm. give us certain little wins here. But in the meantime, behind, they're still playing puppet and saying, ha, we gave you this little win to make you think that the system actually works Mm -hmm. when it fucking doesn't. Right. Right. For example, the the murder of uh, of, um, uh, Botham Jean, Botham Jean, um, Amanda Geiger, the cop that went in the apartment and killed him like Mm -hmm. like. That was a little bit of a, oh, she got convicted and she got 10 years. But it's like, oh, you kind of gave us, but but like not really. That's Mm -hmm. an example of, okay, we'll give you this one. Like whatever Mm -hmm. it is, what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's just scary. And again, my, my my biggest concern and my biggest frustration is we have all the evidence, lack of evidence against Rodney Reed. And Governor Abbott has not been able to call in and pardon him. Like what, what's, what's the deal? Some, something's going on. Stuff is going on internally that's super corrupt mm-hmm. and that's not mm-hmm. allowing him to do that, whether he even wants to do it. I don't know if he does, but I'm just saying regardless because right. he has the power to do that. Right. And it's it's fucking scary. And it's fucking scary that this system allowed them to withhold the evidence and withhold the DNA testing. Like, on what planet, on what planet is that even legal to do? And what, like, what? Like, yeah. how did it even get to this point? It's absolutely ridiculous. That's what I'm shocked by. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, that, that this is even... that. We, as a state, allowed this to happen um, and that it's actually happening in our backyard. It's it's very scary to think. Uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see uh, what happens. I know that we all signed the petition um, yeah. that's been going around. Where did you, what, what, where did you um, position? Is it, I don't know if there's multiple. I signed um, theactionpack.com. I think it was that one that okay. I signed. I, think, I don't know if there's right the now, Almost 2 million. It's got over 2 million. It's the one. Yeah, that's the one that I signed. It's got over 2 million signatures. So. And guys, if you want to learn more about it and like actually get some evidence, because this is how I know all my information. Sean King, he has a dope ass podcast Mm -hmm. called The Breakdown. 
He's a huge, um, um, what do you call it? Uh, social justice fighter. Mm-hmm. Like he's fucking advocate. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, advocate. And he has um, like four, he, he releases a podcast episode every day and they're short and sweet. Some of them are 10 minutes. Some of them are 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're no longer than 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. He did a series of four or five of them each day. His, all his energy and power for the next 15 days is to try to release Ronnie Reed. Yeah. So I would listen to it. He lets, he releases all the evidence. He even says he's very hesitant to jump into cases like this because he genuinely doesn't know. He's like, I don't know if it's real or not, but he took his time and did his research. And he's like, no, this man is fucking innocent. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn about it, but go to theactionpack.com. That's T-H-E-A-C-T-I-O-N-P-A-C.com mm-hmm. to sign the petition. Another thing you guys can do too. Unfortunately, I'm going to be in San Antonio on Saturday, but there's going to be a big protest in March in front of Governor Abbott's house, the governor's mansion, mm-hmm. um, for Rodney Reed at 2 p.m. here in Austin, Texas. So if anyone's around, if you know about it, if I was around, if I didn't already freaking make plans, I would 100% be there. And I've mm-hmm. never done anything like that, but I would 100% be there for that mm-hmm. um, yeah. because united we uh, we stand, right? United we stand. Yeah. And I think the more people speak out about it, the more people show united front, that could possibly make a change. I mean, look what happened in Puerto Rico. Yeah. You know Absolutely. I mean? And then most recently in uh, Chile. Yes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw that. They completely shut down everything. Yeah. They got the, the the president to step down, what yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got several people to step down. Because they blocked the roads. They yeah. Roles. I don't think it was like the president specifically, but they got somebody. People yeah. that reported to the president, mm-hmm. um, he asked for their resignations. Yeah. So yeah. they, I mean, that was something, you know, that was unprecedented as yeah. well. Um, so awesome for Chile. So, I, you know, I feel like, as Texans, you know, we have to do what's right and we have to let innocent people go. Give them their life back. Don't even mm-hmm. go. Don't ever let them. They should never be in that position in the first place. No, right. Ever. Like, it needs to start from mm-hmm. the root. And, dude, I don't know how to do it. And I've never done enough research. I haven't spent enough time on it. Like, I feel bad talking to talk and not walking the walk. Mm-hmm. But it expends a lot of energy. But, you know what? At some point, um, I'd like to dive in head first in some of these. Something. Something to, like, make a difference. But, I mean, is there any other thoughts on the Rodney Reed case? Hey, prayers to him and his family. Um, I hope it ends up working out. I do. I mean, the days are, are counting down. I hope that we hear something back soon as far mm-hmm. as what the status is. I don't think Governor Abbott could just stay silent much longer. I mean, he's got to say something. Like, I'm looking into it. You know, something. I mean, the day can't come. Uh, the day of his execution and like nothing be done. This is crazy. It's insane to me. Call his office. Look it up on the actionpack.com. They got all the numbers of all the government um, government officials you could be calling. Um, they need to hear voices. Be polite. Be respectful. People are not going to respond to anger, um, even if you don't agree with them. Just be polite. Be respectful. Let your voice be heard. And if you can make it to Austin at 2 p.m. on Saturday in front of the governor's mansion, that'd be dope. Awesome. So I think this is a great uh, segue into our next topic. Um, so I want to know. This is this is a tough one. <laughs> I've been this nervous is, to talk about this, this because is, it's a sensitive one. This is it's sensitive, but I think it needs to be talked about. Right. Because we, we talked about all the injustice that's happening against, um, you know, people of color. And so I think something got brought up in, in social media uh, about the use of the N-word and how it's been glamorized um, in the hip-hop community and about how when people, you know, of, you know, another race, mm-hmm. 
you know, say the N-word, whether they're singing along to a song of their favorite hip-hop song, or maybe they hang around a lot of, um, you know, people that say it, you know, they feel that they can say it too. Um, And there's always like this slippery slope of like, no, you can't say it, or like you're a racist uh, for saying it. But then at the same time, the hip hop community just says it so freely and it's, you know, almost like socially accepted. But like, where is the fine line draw? Is, is it wrong? And should we just completely eliminate it from the vocabulary? I don't think that's for us to decide. And uh, you're speaking on Gina, Gina Rodriguez, right? Yeah. So, you know, Gina Rodriguez got a lot of uh, hate, a lot of uh can you explain to the listeners who don't know who Gina Rodriguez is? So she is an actress that plays on uh, Jane the Virgin. She's a lead mm-hmm. actress on Jane the Virgin. And she was singing along to uh, Lauren Hill's, uh, what was the song? Um, oh, God. It was a Lauren Hill yeah. song. Anyways, she was singing along to it. She was recording herself uh, singing on to Instagram? it on Instagram. Okay. And the the part, so Lauren in, in the part... Um, says the n-word in the song and so she was singing along to it and then just said it too because she was singing along she was singing the song Mm -hmm. and uh, Gina Rodriguez is Puerto Rican um, got so much hate uh, you know from from people on social media saying that she shouldn't shouldn't be saying that word and how dare she, you know, things like that. And so she came out the next day and apologized that she wishes um, that word had never come out of her mouth. Um, But then got a lot of people, you know, trying to back her up and being like, hey, guys, this is this is a woman of color, you know, like aren't Latino people like technically mixed, you know, with with Mm -hmm. black and like, shouldn't she be like on the uh, list of like people that are okay to say it and then so but that just brings me to that a question list. like who yeah. who could say it who can't and like if if so many people are outraged about it like you know should we make the hip-hop community responsible and be like hey like if if this word shouldn't be thrown around because of the history of the word right mm-hmm. the, the history of the word is so negative um you know we should just like ban it from <laughs> from the vocabulary. Like, what are your thoughts on this? I don't know. It's interesting because I think, you know, sitting here, none of us are like black, right? Mm-hmm. right. But we're all tan. We all have olive skin. Like, we all come from different ethnic groups that mm-hmm. we could probably get the past or we've been given the past mm-hmm. by some one of our friends at some point in our life. Mm-hmm. And whether we chose to use that path, past or not was like full, you know, it's your discretion, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I will say, you know, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern people, for instance, and mm-hmm. I'm primarily Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. They are like Puerto Ricans, mm-hmm. likely mixed with who knows what in there, mm-hmm. right? And I can't tell you how many people that I've heard use that word mm-hmm. from those different ethnic groups. And that's the whole Mediterranean. We're talking mm-hmm. Pakistan all the way over to Morocco, all the way up to, you know, mm-hmm. Portugal, right? Mm-hmm. I hear people use it. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered, I personally don't. And mm-hmm. I'm raising an African-American mixed daughter. Mm-hmm. I personally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally don't want her saying it. Right. At least not until she's old enough to understand it. And that's Mm -hmm. her decision. And she can make that decision for herself. But Mm -hmm. right now in my home, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. That's my decision. When I hear people say that, I always wonder, like, why isn't anyone stopping them? 
Right. You know, why isn't someone saying like, yo, you can't, you can't say that word. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, they are brown, but they're Caucasian, mm-hmm. technically, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. geographically and everything else. Um, so it's really not about skin color, I don't think, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because Gina is tan. Mm-hmm. She's probably Afro-Latino. Mm-hmm. And she had said that her dad had, you know, identified as that at some point. Mm-hmm. And who knows, but at the end of the day, it's not about skin color. Because I even have friends who are mixed and who are very light-skinned and who have been called out for it. Really? And because people didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait a second, I'm black, I can mm-hmm. say this. And people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've literally heard this happen. So yeah. it's really interesting because I feel like there's also colorism happening behind the word. And that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I so. feel like if you're not blatantly black, you know, and you're kind of in that uh, yellow bone or light, light skin, you yeah. know, then you fall in that other category. And so it's always a question of like, well, should you be allowed to say it? But this, that's mm-hmm. that's my whole point. It's just like, if we have to say who yeah. can and cannot say it, like, let's just, let's just eliminate it from the vocabulary. So, let's not glamorize so here's the deal. it the here's way the deal. Here's the deal. glamorized. Here's the deal. And I feel very strong about this. It's not for any of us here at the table to decide mm-hmm. if who can okay. and can't say it. <clears throat> at the end of the day, if you want to say it and you're going to say it, like, go fucking say it. What you need to understand is that you might have to suffer some consequences. Right. And if you're okay with that, you're okay with that. I just don't like, like the word because no. of the history well, of agreed. the word. And that's up to you if you don't want to say that. But my point is with this is that nobody outside of the black culture can decide whether you can or cannot say it. Now, if we're talking about the idea of, well, if we should like, you know, hold the hip hop culture, like, no, like at the end of the day, here's what, here, the word was a negative connotation um, mm-hmm. given to black people by white people, black and slavery time. Right. That's what it was. And what black people have done is that they take ownership of that word. They've taken ownership of that word so Mm -hmm. that they no longer are subjected to what that word means to white people. This is my word now. That word doesn't mean what you want it to mean or you think it should mean. Mm -hmm. And because of that, white people are offended and white people get scared. Not all white people. I'm sorry. I don't (laughs) want to categorize. I'm sorry. I'm not generalizing. But certain white people who who say that, like, oh, the rap people, you say it all the time, like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Those people... Have you ever felt the word? Uh, have you ever have you ever heard the saying? Um, some people feel oppressed when um, what's the right saying? Uh, sometimes oppression to some people feels like equality to most people, right? Mm-hmm. So when just because someone that's been always been oppressed finally gets equal rights, the person that was doing the oppressing feels like they're being oppressed, right? <laughs> Does that kind of make sense? I kind of. It's like come full circle. But that's what it is, right? So a lot of people are upset because they no longer have control of that word. And now Mm -hmm. black people are taking control of that word. And I'm fully all about it. Mm -hmm. So my point, and I was watching an interview on at the Breakfast Club with Trevor Noah. You guys know Trevor Noah? Yes. South African. He was actually here in Austin. He's awesome. He's so funny. South African dude, light skinned dude. Mm -hmm. He's from South Africa. And he had a great saying. He said, Look, it's not for any of us. Black people, they want to say cool. He's like, and if you want to say cool, but just know that you might get your ass beat and there might be consequences Mm -hmm. and be okay Mm -hmm. with that. But at the end of the day, it's not for us to decide it, and we really shouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. If black people want to say it, let them say it. That's on them. You know, there was an argument of, oh, but that sounds ignorant. Nobody should say it. He was like, that's fine. But if they want to say it, they want to say it because they've taken ownership of that. Mm-hmm. I have gotten to a point where I don't want to say it, and, and I'm going to say this right now. Where I grew up, mm-hmm. I did get the pass. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a bunch of Puerto Ricans, uh, Dominicans, dark-skinned Dominicans, mm-hmm. black-ass Dominicans. Mm-hmm. Afro-Latinos. Yeah, blacks. <laughs> Whites, yeah. Asians, mm-hmm. and I have friends that grew up like that, and we dropped that word all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, like straight mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. It was here, here, here. 
and no one batted an eye. Mm-hmm. And it was normal to me, but it didn't mean that to me growing up. Mm-hmm. And I said it. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you because I'm going to be very wrong. I still say it because it comes out when I'm home with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad about it because I'm like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm at an age right now where I know what it is. I know what this words come from. So I've been trying to eliminate it from vocabulary a lot. And again, I don't say it anywhere else unless I get with my friends that I grew up with. And it just kind of right. really did. And, and I got called out once. And I'm going to tell this quick story because um, one of my ex-girlfriends, um, her cousins came to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and her cousin was half Ethiopian, half Filipino. Mm-hmm. Right? He looks black. And he was hanging out with his buddy who's here who's black as well. And I got with them. And they were cool. We started drinking. And I fell into this. I felt like I was with my boys at home. Right. So I, I started saying the word without even noticing. They didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, at the end of the trip, the trip. The cousin was getting dropped off by my ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and she, he was like, hey, like your boyfriend Derek's mad cool, but tell him to stop using the N-word. Mm-hmm. Like, and she told me that and it was like a hit in the face and I, was, and I wasn't mad. I was just like, damn, like he's yeah, right. Damn, yeah. Like yeah. he's right. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't offended and I'm like, you know what? I respect it. Like I need to get that. And, I, and I've done a really good job again. Like even, even with, with words, like even with singing a song, like I, I try not to even say mm-hmm. it straight up. I really don't yeah. try to say it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it. And it bothers me too when people are like, oh, well, I just can't help myself in song. I've just lost in the moment. Yes, like, shut the fuck up. Yes, yes you, you can. can. Yeah. Yes, you can. It's not that hard. It ain't that hard. Seriously, like people are like, I just want to like, <laughs> like, no, like, and, and look, I know people, and I have friends that do it too. And I don't, and when I say, it, I don't mean it that bad because I know some of my friends, I've talked to them about this and they're like, yeah. well, when it's in a song and I don't think you're a bad person mm-hmm. when you say it, but like at the end of the day, if we do really want to make change, right. And uh-huh. we want to, and we want to be respectful to the, the struggles and the hardships that this word has caused and inflicted on a group of people for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. We should we should just drop it again. Yeah. You don't have to, but just be ready for the consequences of you not dropping it and somebody literally clocking you in the face or calling you out for it. And you can't be mad if you get called out. Like you can't be mad. Like right. I got called out and I wasn't mad. Right. And like I think, I think that's what it comes down. I to. I think it made you reflect. Exactly. And, and I think a lot think of the, about it. I think the issue too with it is like look at where we're at as a country right now and how race has become. It's always been. A big issue and a big topic but like now we have media and people can put things on video and like we can really talk about things like things are out in the open because of social media more than ever before well people are just calling people off their bullshit now where people weren't before yeah and it's and it's people though like for instance a lot of you know white people people who aren't black Mm -hmm. who are feeling more and more comfortable using that word i was in a professional setting before i came and worked with Mm y'all here Mm -hmm. and there was a white girl Mm -hmm. um and you know we had went out to lunch one day this was the first time i heard it and it was me her and some of the other girls on my team Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All, these were all other white girls, except for our boss, who was Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boss wasn't at this particular setting, but they were listening to music and she said the word. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I just stayed quiet in the backseat. I was in the backseat. And then it happened again. Mm-hmm. And she was just using that word talking about something. I can't remember the, the tech or mm-hmm. like the tone of it. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the office one day and she had made numerous kind of racially fueled comments I felt in mm-hmm. the past. So I think when she said it this time, I like was like, that's it, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she had mentioned how she was, you know, a, a teacher um, in Houston, in inner city Houston mm-hmm. at a primarily African-American school oh. before. And, um, and, this was, and so she would bring so up a lot of racially- like, that's why she got a pass? She, she had said, <laughs> speaking on it, that she was scared of working there. And that's why mm-hmm. she had moved into a new industry. 
so this is a, a woman who I'm already like, who? Like, I bring my daughter in here. Like, this is making me a little nervous. Right. And then she started to use this word more and more comfortably around all of us. Like, she could use it around her team or something. Right. Like, she's she's white. Mm-hmm. And you're in an office, like a very professional setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because my boss and me were sitting there and she was using it and kind of laughing and said it super loud in front of all of us. Mm. And I got really uncomfortable, and I could see that my, you know, ex-boss at the time had gotten uncomfortable, too, and she's the Thai woman, but she didn't say anything. No one stopped her. Like, you are the leader here. You're the manager. Like, you need to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought it up. This girl started to kind of act in a retaliatory way because mm-hmm. she knew I snapped at her. I was like, you know, I said her name, snapped at her. I won't mention names or anything. Um, and my boss looked at me like she was upset that I snapped. And it became a big thing that got escalated to the VP. I had to get HR involved. She refused to apologize when we sat down. And here was what she said. But it's 2019. What the fuck? That was her answer. So when the uh, VP, HR, everyone got involved, my boss then, wow. you know, hey, did you hear her say this? My boss was then put onto the spot. Yes, I did. Did you do anything? No. So she probably felt like she was upset with me for putting her under the right. bus. But I'm like, yo, this can't continue to happen. But it's 2019. But it's 2019. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, where is your apology? But when and it's I was 2019, like, you can get slapped. And, and you know what? She's like, but you're not black. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, first of all, my daughter is. Yeah. And I am raising an, a woman who will be perceived as black because mm-hmm. she looks black mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And for me, that word is very personal. Like, my mama bears part of me. Like, and I'm getting mad yeah. talk about it. Yeah. It, came, it comes out. Yeah. And I was like, let me just tell you, like, I have a lot of cousins. I have a lot of family members and things who are different ethnicities. I have a lot of friends. Like, I just allowed that kind of diversity. And I was blessed to have that kind of diversity in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of my black friends, cousins, anybody who would be okay with a white person saying that word, mm-hmm. even if they gave them the pass. And let me tell you what, because that pass is only cool if they're cool with you in that moment. The moment you make say something stupid to your friends and y'all mad at each other, like that pass is gone. Right. Trust me, like it's gone. You got to be very well, careful. Well, the fact it's that like, it was also in a professional setting. I, I mean, yeah. just like how you were saying, Diggs, you know, it's always been like with your buddies, yeah. you know, just like out socially and stuff. But the fact that it was mm. in a professional setting, I don't think it's ever okay. So, uh, well, yeah, no. you, 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 it's 2019 and we're still dealing with Rodney Reed and we're still dealing with people like this. It's right. 2019. And this is the reason, and this is the issue because people think that, oh no, it's 2019. People think we had a black president. Racism's over. No, it's not. No, no it's no. not. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very, very evident. And uh, it's, it's one of those things, look, at the end of the day, this is the only thing I can say. And I actually wrote a very passionate post on Instagram a couple months ago about racism and what it mm-hmm. meant to me and and asking people if 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 they've been racist, not are you a racist, but have you been racist, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of us have in some way, shape, oh, or form yeah. that we're not really aware of and we're not really, um, we're kind of ashamed of. And, and I call myself, I was like, I'm sure I have too. I'm pretty sure I have in the past. And even when I was younger, um, but at the end of the day, you have to confront it. And, and part of the way you confront it is you can't let anyone in your circle, anyone around you get away with shit anymore. Right. And, and my call to action essentially was like, open, start the conversation and start calling people out. And I'm not saying be controversial. I don't, I'm not saying go looking for problems. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if someone says something in my family at Thanksgiving, I'm going to yeah. fucking call them out. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's my mom or dad. And I'm not trying to start fights. You know what I'm saying? But like, we, if, if not... It, racism is also us standing idly while someone else is being racist and not doing anything it's about it. 100%. And that's the problem. With Bye. This yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, so I don't think there's ever going to be a resolution to this, but let's just like... <laughs> let's just try to be well, more wait. cognizant. Yeah, okay. we got to be cognizant. And, and again, I think the conclusion is it's not up to any of us. Right, it's, it's not up to, up to any community. of us, but I think I think it was good to have a healthy discussion mm-hmm. uh, around it and talk about some of the experiences uh, that we've had. But yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think it's going to get resolved today, but it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And mm-hmm. just like you said, just like how you said, Diggs, you know, if you mm-hmm. feel like it's wrong, call that person out. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So kudos to you for calling her out. Yeah. Kudos Vicky, to you. Victoria. All right. So let's, hot topics, let's yeah. segue Do we into... have a funny topic now? No, we don't. This no, is going to get real. No. Today is like real topics. This is okay? real shit, It's man. like real topics. So, you know... I'm going to hand this over to Victoria because I know that you felt really strongly about um, this particular topic. So why don't you take us into this topic, kind of explain it so that set the stage for us. Yes. So let's talk about transgender, um, transgender people and how the LGBTQ community can be integrated into schools and, and acceptance can be, you know, pushed along just like these other, you know, issues, but in a way that's age appropriate for children. Right. And where where is that line also with this topic? So I'm sorry that we're getting serious on y'all again. But, no, but this is good. This is good. This, this is, is sensitive talk is a topic. We're not we're not tiptoeing over them. We're, yeah, we're facing so, them head so on. what sparked this yes. interest in wanting to kind of discuss this particular topic for you? So it's real interesting, y'all. Austin is really under the radar these days with these things going on. And Austin School District passed um, just recently, they passed, uh, I don't know if you call it like a bill, I don't even know how the school districts mm-hmm. work, but something of that nature to where they are now allowing um, sex education starting, I think, as young as elementary school for some topics and up to middle school for primary topics mm-hmm. to be addressed by integrating, in their eyes, the LGBTQ conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think that that's good. And I think there's some really positive things about that so that people can address you know, bullying issues and like that's a whole right, different topic. Right, and be more right? accepting. Yeah, we we do need that, but it's going so far as conversations about anal sex. Um, they're having conversations At what about. Age? Um, I I heard through the grapevine and I saw something about fifth grade. Okay. Originally, they were proposing third grade, and I don't know if this was actually Austin or if this was just like a response to another, you know, school district doing this. Mm-hmm. And then the primary conversation, like with anal sex and things happening in middle school. STDs, you know, there are STDs that are more prevalent with um, the gay community, for instance, Mm -hmm. and bringing those up and educating. And I do think kids should be educated on STDs. Do I want my middle schooler personally educated on STDs? No, not outside of the home. Unless they're asking me those questions. I think high school is better. um, But I personally want to shield my child for as long as I can from... STDs, like if it comes down to where I'm, you know, I I don't have my daughter six, <laughs> yeah. but she's a girl, y'all. It's and, scary you know, to think about because you want to maintain um, their innocence, you know, for mm-hmm. as long as you can. So, um, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna let y'all talk a little bit more about this. I'm gonna sit back and listen because I obviously have my opinions on it, but I'm also mm-hmm. not a parent. Um, yes. And I think this is completely different because you, you, y'all are both parents, y'all are both parents of daughters. Mm-hmm. So this hits home too. So I don't want to sit here and say. Blah, 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 because 
have any kids and my tune might change if I have kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let y'all talk about it for a little bit before I chime in. Okay. So like, let, let, go so for it. So my opinion on this is I think early education is healthy mm-hmm. because I think that if kids are educated early on, you know, that could uh, help prevent, you know, some of the things that, that happen later out later on or having other people like influence sure. or kind of skew the sure. way uh you know things really are uh, my thing is, is that i feel as though the parent um, should be the deciding factor on mm-hmm. when uh it's appropriate for that child uh after for my opinion, after I have that conversation with them in my own way, right? Yeah. So there's different ways to deliver a message. You know, it's like when uh, parents talk to their kids about the birds and the bees, right? It's they're they're trying to cover it up by calling it the birds and the bees instead of you know trying to just say what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what is it? How come you can't say it right now, huh? Because I'm uncomfortable <laughs> talking about it. Don't make fun of me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to talk about it with my daughter. I know that day's going to come. Oh, you got so long, though, but it'll I, come so quick. I know, it'll, it'll come, come so quick. quick yeah. But it's just I just feel like there's ways of delivering the message. And I just don't think that a third, even fifth grade, even middle school, we should be talking about, like, anal sex. You know? It's just, and I, I don't disagree. I agree. And I do think, you know, first of all, a lot of this came from an inspiration. Um, I am Corey Ray on Instagram. Corey Ray is a transgender woman. She is living her life. She's telling her story. Mm-hmm. And she really puts things into perspective in one of her recent posts. And I know that we had kind of had like a little conversation Vicky with her. And I, Victoria and I uh, so she came out and told her story recently. Mm-hmm. Um, she had like a little discussion where it started with her at like a toddler age, like mm-hmm. little tiny three, four years old playing dress up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she knew then she she didn't understand gender at that age. And mm-hmm. it makes sense because until you start seeing the parts and I mean, you, you just kind of don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of naturally go for what you're going for. And I get that. So she wanted to play dress up. She wanted to play with, you know, the Barbies and, and do the things that are seen as very feminine in our society. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, putting makeup on and her mom had, you know, noticed these things, her family noticed this right away. And it was peculiar because she was born, I guess, the male gender, right? Right. I'm trying to be politically correct here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's and, born a boy. Yep. She was born a boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, she knew it, it became very difficult for her from her, you know, ex- expressing this as she moved in towards like high school mm-hmm. because she was seen as flamboyantly gay, but she's saying, I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. She was attracted to boys, but she's like, I'm, it's not I'm trapped like in the wrong body. And yeah. that's genuinely yeah. how yep. she felt. Yeah. And she said that she was like flipping through some book or magazine and, and at that age where she could, you know, read and she understood, she saw something on it, how someone had said, I was trapped in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. And she like stopped. It was like page. a first transgender yeah. like article she read. Yeah. Yes, yes. And she had never seen it before. So no. she didn't know what didn't to know what it, yes. identify with exactly. because there was no education yes. or nobody that could, yes. she could relate yes. to about it yes. in yes. her younger yeah. years. Yes. Yep. yes. And so she talked to her mom about it. Her mom, I guess, had kind of been waiting for this to come up, but also didn't really know how to address it because yeah, she had no education or any mm-hmm. information. And she also on didn't the know how either. other kids would handle it in her high school. So, because mm-hmm. I we all watched the video, I believe. Yes. And and she, you know, 
Corey Ray, a boy at the time, asked her mom if she could start wearing girls' clothes. She was like, no, nah, I don't think it's the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to school um, and just came back miserable. So her mom finally was like, do you want to borrow my clothes? Mm-hmm. And she was in a she got her, she got was in a very good situation in that sense. Her parents were very accepting. And it turns yeah. out the high school was very accepting. She said her friends, she never said anything about being bullied. Mm-hmm. She, she won prom queen. Yeah, she yeah. prom queen. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I think in, in her situation too, like she's using her voice to, I guess, really bring this discussion up. Right. But I think at what point is it like, we should educate kids. You know, I'll be honest with you. Laisha, I try to shield her from seeing kissing and stuff on television. Like mm-hmm. she's at that age where they just get too curious and they want to know everything. Right. Cool. And she's seen, um, there was like something that flashed a commercial and it was two girls kissing. Mm-hmm. She's like, mom, are those both girls? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go over here. And I just, I didn't know how to dress it, so I just, uh, I just stopped, and yeah. I just changed the topic altogether. Yeah. And looking back at it, and I'm like, you know, she's six, but maybe I should have said, yes, those are two girls kissing, mm-hmm. and you know, we can talk about this at a time when I feel like you're old enough to understand it. Yeah. I don't think she is old enough to no, understand. No, she's not. She's no, not. I don't but, want her out there trying to kiss everybody no. because she's at that age where, trust me, I'm hearing about it. These kids are trying to kiss each other on the playground and stuff. Yeah. But I do think like. Now that she's moving up into elementary school and stuff, like in two, three years, is she going to be ready to hear about anal sex? No. 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 Like, absolutely no. not. And I think in high school, uh, should they be learning about those things? I feel like you should educate them on safe sex, like we do. Right. And maybe further, because STDs are, like, ramping up out there. Yeah. STDs, how to protect themselves, you know, who to talk to in the case of teen pregnancy, how to get help like those are all really important things and i also think the lgbtq conversation is important how to be accepting of other people that are how different to, from you yeah mm-hmm. but so i'm so it this is a tough subject it's a tough subject because there's where's the fine line is what it comes down to what's mm-hmm. acceptable to you might not be acceptable to me what's acceptable to you might not mm-hmm. be acceptable to me and we're also talking about our own children who mm-hmm. I don't have any children, but I just mean we're all talking about our, <laughs> our own children who we feel a responsibility to want to be the honorary sense, godparent. <laughs> yeah, I am a goddad, so that's right. I am a godfather, but to to guide them in the right direction and to expose them to enough, but to shield them from enough. Mm-hmm. And I think where what's going on is that Austin's a very progressive, very progressive city, and what mm-hmm. they're trying to do, in a sense, is not hide the truth and the reality behind what people are and mm-hmm. who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transgender is a real thing. Yes. Yeah, it is. And when someone asks what are they, they're human beings. Yes. Lesbians, gays, the Q queers is what right. I guess they call themselves the yes. bisexuals. Those are those that's reality of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's that one side. So I, I do understand that. Um same thing goes with the sex education. Mm-hmm. Like teaching them about it and letting them understand about it is a good thing but I, I do agree like t- too early is too early because <laughs> because that's when minds are molded and if you tell uh, uh, between a three-year-old and, and a 10-year-old when they're sponges that this is this is what life is this is what life is this is what life is if you tell them that like men and men girl and girl this is what it is that's what they're going to probably end up doing i i feel like it to mm-hmm. a set so it, it is a, and i'm not saying that's a bad thing to to, to say that's not what i'm saying but i think what we and I don't know how the right thing is to do, but we need to let it unravel the way it's supposed to unravel without mm-hmm. too much pressure. To your from point, any side. Uh, yeah. from any side, like yo, you need to be with a girl, you need to be with a girl because you're a guy, you need to be the guy because you're the girl, or 
oh, this is all this, you know, two men together to like, it, yeah. it, it's hard because there's so much social media, there's so much exposure to so many things. It's hard when we're not letting it just unravel. And interestingly enough, in this article that I was reading with Austin, they are asking parents to refer to themselves as parents, not mothers and fathers in this thing. Um, and they're all also asking them to not put a gender on their children. And I think that's where the issue comes because I have like, for instance, I have a friend who's really, really active. She is, um, she identifies as like non, non-binary queer or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, she is just really open about her like sexual beliefs and things. And, and she's in an open relationship with a male and a female. From my, it's, it's, you know, out, she's out right. there actively sharing her voice. But she's an adult. But she's an adult and she can and it's just interesting to me how, you know, she probably would agree that, yeah, we should start off with the children being non-binary. And that's where the t- I feel like it starts because not, not only are they asking us to do this with our fifth graders, middle schoolers, they're asking us to start like at birth. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. I'm not mom anymore or that's not dad or that's not mom and mom or dad and dad. Mm-hmm. It's I'm parent and you're parent. And I'm like, first of all, what the hell are y'all going to call us? Because yeah. I ain't going to be Pepe, okay? Yeah. No, no. That's just ridiculous. I mean, I think to each their own, right? I think that, you know, if you want your child to call you mom, you want them to call you dad, then they should be able to call you mom or dad. If you want your child to call you parent, then have them call you parent. My kids can call me Diggs. Yeah. What do they do? Yeah. Hey, Diggs. Hey, Diggs, what do they do? Pepe. I think this all boils down to choice, right? Um, choice as a parent. And I think if your kids start asking about it and are curious, I think you should have a an honest conversation with them and deliver the message how you feel it's best appropriate for your child uh, mm-hmm. you, that you think they'll receive it, you know, or how they'll receive it. Um, you know, being too sheltered, you know, we all have heard stories of like kids that are like uberly sheltered and as kids and out. then they uh, become mass murderers or something like that. Oh, so. God. Or even worse, they just, or they just start making bad decisions. They start on, making bad decisions. They're always, so it's, it's a fine line. So, you know, I like, think... You know, yeah, like education it. early on is <laughs> is helpful, but at the same time, you know, we have to use discretion, um, up, leave it up to the parents as to like what they want, um, you know, them to learn or, or not learn. Right. And mm-hmm. then also, you know, just be transparent with your kids, too, when they start asking questions and being curious about certain things. And, you know, you don't have to, like, give them, like, the straight, literal thing, but just, you know, tell them in your own way as honest as you can be, right? So uh, I think this I got, I, was I, a good I, I topic wanna, to talk about. I want to I talk about something real quick or bring yeah. something up in regards to this because this is something that I've heard friends say, and I think you and I talked about this, like, mm-hmm. um, I think I had a friend tell me once, because I read it, because I, I, I go through the black hole of Instagram and I read comments because I want, I, I want, because <laughs> I, I, because I want to see the hateful people and I want to see how right. many hateful people are. And I'm just like, you're just such a deplorable human being. Like, right. why would you say shit? And I remember, you know, it was something about transgendered and mm-hmm. someone's like, why do they keep trying to shove this down our throats? Like the fucking right and left media, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then I posted on my Instagram. My buddy was like, yo, man. But like the end of the day, and he just had a daughter. Mm-hmm. He's like, at the end of the day, he's like, I'm not going to allow my like four-year-old to identify as transgender. They're too young to know that. Right. And that really rubbed me the wrong way because, and I think you kind of felt like this a little bit in the yeah. beginning, but then Corey Ray and you were like, oh shit, like she didn't know. Yeah. So I, it, it's, it, it's a difference of, are mm-hmm. you shoving this down your throat? 
And that's why they think it, or was it organically? Nobody was shoving anything down Corey Ray's throat. Nobody right. was saying, hey, this is, she knew. And I believe that some, I do believe that there are kids that will be born that they know from a very young age that they're not what the other kids are in a sense. So they might be transgender. Or they feel different. I, I had a good friend. Uh, well, I had a friend. She was my friend for the summer because we were camp counselors and I didn't really talk to her. She, she was, was my friend for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just say this. She was my summer friend. We, we talked, we talked. <laughs> Hey, she, so she was lesbian. Um, she was lesbian, and she, she was so cool. We rode on the same bus together because we were both camp counselors. And I don't know how we got into the discussion. She had a girlfriend, and she was just telling me about like when she was younger. And I don't know, bro. She was just, and I, I asked her. I should have asked her. I was like, so like, when did you know? Yeah. And she was like, oh, I knew since I was four. I knew since I was four that I was lesbian. And I was just like, and 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 I, that always resonated with me, and always because I'm like, yeah, I do think kids can know at a certain age if they are lesbian right, they just or don't gay. know how to express they it. don't know how to express it they don't know what it is and i think that's acceptable as long as it hasn't been shoved down your throat that hey you know gay or straight or anything shoved down your throat like mm-hmm. i just think we have to live in a world where don't shove straightism down someone's throat either don't shove lesbian or gay down your kid's throat either just in a sense let them figure it out on their own but it's hard because I think in, we just in one way or love. Form. Like yeah. if we just honestly as parents rather than focusing on anatomical differences and mm-hmm. things if we mm-hmm. just teach love in the homes mm-hmm. which i know that's and then also help them but, through it if they, if they do feel these feelings you know talk to them about yeah. it maybe get a therapist or a counselor that specializes um in this type of situation with younger kids right. like mm-hmm. and how you could you know help them through it right to uh mm-hmm. make them understand there. what they're feeling of course she had mentioned that she had seen a, a therapist starting in high school when mm-hmm. her mom and mm-hmm. her decided to kind of help her along this transition, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Once um, they f- finally figured out what yeah, it was yeah. that she, she was feeling. The actual transition, yeah. the you know hormone therapy and everything. So I think mm-hmm. to have a counselor, it, that's a good idea. And, and guys, look, these three topics were some freaking sensitive hot topics. But here at ATX Sidebars, we ain't trying to hide from none of that shit. And we're going to be brutally honest with our opinions. We're going to be brutally honest about our experiences and some of the shit that I said. We've said we you might have heard some shit that may have offended you about us being truthful. And we're not trying to offend anybody and people might be offended. But what we say is just opinion here. It's not like this is what it should be. Mm-hmm. And feel free to chime in, chime in yeah. and give us your opinion and drop us your comments and send us an email. Um, tell us if you ever want to call in for an episode and, and yell at us. Now, don't yell at us. Be respectful, like I said before. But, <laughs> but yo, those are some saucy topics. We right like there. to engage in healthy discourse. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. But yo, we all right, awesome. We've been having a good time though talking about I know. all this. We're we, running. We hour come and five to minutes. The top we got another ten minutes though. Hour. So guys, let's get to it. This L- let's get to our favorite. Our favorite Uh-oh. topic of the day, because I know you guys have to release some tension. This is so this is the this is the part of the episode that I just like really feel like myself because I let all the aggression out that I've been feeling. And pent you know? up for a while. Yes. So let's get to it. Hey, minute, guys. All right. These girls have been waiting all day for this. So show. who's who's going first? Who's going first? Victoria's got some. Victoria, I do. Talk to us, girl. Okay, okay. I hate. What do you hate? What do you hate, girl? The way Instagram is influencing society. Oh, <laughs> and I know Derek's laughing over here. <laughs> Derek's over here. But 
I am, and I've seen this myself because I started this personal training bodybuilding thing in the gym. And I noticed, you know, we got plastic surgery. Hey, to each their own, you know, do it if you want to do it. It's all, it's all you. Mm-hmm. But we have fitness people on Instagram posing as fitness trainers. They probably don't even have their training certificate. And they're out here posing with their cute little behind and their perfect little abs. And actually, probably it was just a BBL. They had fat transfers and they had a couple shots put in their butt. Mm-hmm. And it's very <laughs> frustrating because then they're setting an aspirational, like, goal for other women this specifically hits for women on Instagram. Like, Hey, this is the ideal body. Go work out. I'm a fitness trainer. I work out every day. It reminds me of like Legally Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, they're not even doing that. Like they're getting surgery. So then these like really high goals women are trying to attain because of these people are seeing every day as influencers on social media. They can't attain that. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you can work your butt off literally, or you can work it out and try to, you know, do whatever you can to get your body as tight as possible. It's not going to look like someone who has had that kind of surgery. It's just not. It's going to be natural. First of all, people with that kind of surgery don't even fucking look good, in my opinion. But some of them are very debate. Some of them are done so well that you can't tell for real. Oh no, I could tell. I put a fake booty in front of me, I could tell. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's funny because shout out to my homegirl Logan. Her and I always debate chicks on Instagram and we go, is that a real booty or a fake booty? And she knows I'm good with it. Like, I got to tell a fake booty. You can just tell. But there are, so like one of them, there was one yesterday that was questionable, but we both decided, we both decided that it was I a fake booty. We both, we both decided it was fake booty because the thighs didn't match the booty. Like you can just tell, but her thighs were big. She had big legs. So what had happened was that she got her butt done and then she goes to the gym trying to make her thighs match her butt. But it's not quite there yet. It's a fake booty. I don't remember what your Instagram was, girl, but I know it. Uh-huh. He's but calling you out. And I think on top of it, it's like we were talking, Jason and I were talking today about like people. We were shown how we, we were enlightened. We were enlightened. Okay, y'all. Enlightened <laughs> as to how people actually go and they will rent out private jets. I don't know. I'm going to start laughing so hard. It's so funny. For $500 for like 10 minutes to take like a, Just a an Instagram selfie yes. to make it look Stop. like... They are on They're doing the Bow Wow and Challenge. Yes, yes, and yes. then we go on Instagram afterwards. And Jilly, I hate to, I don't know you personally, and I, I think you're beautiful. I hate to call you out, Jilly, Anais, whatever you call your name. But she's on Instagram in a private jet, and the altitude says two feet. <laughs> she's on a picture. She's like, I'm too high to reach, or some shit. Like, that was her caption, and she has the screen behind her, and it says her altitude is two feet. Oh my like, God. You grounded, girl. You ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Like, what you mean you're too hard to reach? You're two you, feet above. You only got level. eight more minutes of this uh, yeah. photo op. But it was so funny because a buddy of ours here <laughs> told us that his friend is filthy rich and owns a private jet. And now he's running this crazy ass, like, we won't call it a scam, but like, he literally charges Instagram models $500 for 10 minutes so they can come and take pictures in the private jet. They don't fly anywhere. $500 take pictures in the private jet to make it seem like they're flying on a private jet. And then they do outfit changes and they save the pictures and they try to post it like every other week to make it seem like they're flying somewhere. And then they and fly like, economy on yeah. Southwest where they're actually going. <laughs> they're on LA. <laughs> or Allegiant. Yo. Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely on Allegiant. They're by spirit. spirit, they might be on spirit. Yo, but that's some shit because, yo, people are sitting there trying to make... To, to, I hate that too, to your point. And it's a social media thing and it's where we are as a world today. People are trying to be jokes. accepted. They want to be accepted. They want likes. They want this. So they get the fake booty. They get the fake this. They set unrealistic expectations. And now you're paying someone $500. So this guy's making like $20,000 on a Saturday. Easy. He has like 30 Instagram models. Capitalizing. Take pictures. Hey, smart for him, man. <laughs> I hate that shit. But though. we need just be 
authentic. No. Because I hate when people are not authentic because mm-hmm. of Instagram shaping our culture. It's, mm-hmm. it's rough. It's true. I feel you, girl. I feel oh, you. Oh, man. Spicy, what you got for us, girl? I know you feel oh, some type of way, though. You guys. You want to know what I hate? What do you hate? Victoria missed that mark she big totally time. Missed it. <laughs> That's all right, girl. We're gonna give you a pass. It's a second time. It's a second time. We're gonna give you a pass. So, I hate when people are so inconsiderate. We're on the fucking plane, and they take up both the arm bars. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, I was um, on a flight recently, and. I was in the window seat and there was this guy, super tall guy, uh, sitting in the middle seat and his arms, he took up both armrests, didn't even like allow me like a little space on, you know, what are the armrests? And he took up both armrests and what pissed me off the most is why I'm talking about it is because this particular flight had the TV monitors so that I could watch a movie. So I put in my headset and the controller, like to control the volume, the channel was on the fucking armrest. Mm-hmm. So his big ass arms were on both armrests. <laughs> so I, I pushed his arm oh, out the way. Get the fuck out of here, dog. <laughs> but then he fell asleep. Oh, so no. like I, I'm watching the movie, right? And all of a sudden I see the TV screen go mute. And I was like, what the fuck happened to the volume? This motherfucker, his arm <laughs> was so no. he was he was asleep, so his dead weight oh. pushed down onto the volume and freaking muted my TV monitor. So <laughs> I pushed him again. No, that's Later. frustrated. No, that's I hate that. that I pushed him again. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, hold like, up, hold up. All right, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here now. There's one, two, <laughs> three. There's four armrests, and there's three of you. So somebody's gonna get two of them. No, Who gets you, to be that person? you don't get two of them. Somebody gets two no, of them, though. You only get one of them. What do you mean? I'm saying one of the person's going to end up two because there's four armrests and there's three of you. Listen, so who's going to get the two? Don't be greedy. No, I agree. It doesn't matter. But I agree, if one but who's going to get the two, though? Well, not him. Well, agree. Especially like, if there's a remote controlling that, my that I 100%, monitor. I 100% be agree. Be considerate, dude. No, that, that's a douchebag move. That's a douchebag so move. That, that pisses me off, too. Yeah, that, that's I a like shoved anymore. him several times. I would have been like, bro, <laughs> you in the middle can't be taking both fucking. Nah, that's not how this no. works. Yo, bro, get it together. I hate that shit. I hate mm-hmm. that shit too. That that's shit pissed me off. Hey, you know what? I was I so mad. I called the flight attendant because you know I'm, I'm like, it I got me like, heated. Me. It was only a short flight. <laughs> so, you know, if it had been a longer flight, you know, those long flights yeah, where yeah. you kind of need to the monitor to kind of get you by because it's like, hours long but this one was a short flight so i I let it slide but i did make it known by like shoving his arm and trying to move it out the way so that i could get to the volume because i've been in that but he he kept like do and i'm like motherfucker if you don't (laughs) what she says motherfucker lift your fucking arm the next time i just won't be shoving it i'll be fucking nudging the shit out of you just go excuse me sir that, you know what? That's Charlie's uh, Angels. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, I'm gonna talk about me. Yo, yeah. I feel you spicy because I'm following on the same topic. You know what I hate? 
Uh-oh. What, what do, do you, you hate? hate? We're staying on the topics of fucking airplanes. Okay. Okay. You know what <laughs> I hate? I hate when a pretty girl never sits next to me. No, I'm just like, um, <laughs> no, seriously, I've never sat down next to a pretty girl. It's kind of annoying. You know, it's you know a, who sits next to yes. Kill will be getting pretty girls all the I time. I know he talks about it all, all the, the time. time. I'm like, man, I'd be sitting next to he's one of our coworkers. Rude but... people, yo. But no, yeah. no, that's not what I. I mean, yeah. I do hate it, but <laughs> kind of don't like it. But you know what I hate speaking on planes? People are so fucking stupid and so slow getting off fucking planes. <laughs> I get it that it's single file, people, but it's not hard. All right. You get up, you grab your bag and, and you walk. Off. And people are just so fucking slow and you're sitting there and people are like, uh, and I get it if you might be a little bit old, but I even have, <laughs> I get it. But I even have, for example, I have a friend who's like, yeah, I'd be on that plane with my two kids and I'm off within freaking five seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, be efficient. And people don't know what doing. Not to mention... I fucking hate when as soon as the plane stops and you can take your seatbelt on, everybody stands up and goes to the aisle. No, that's not for everyone. If you sit in the middle seat and in the window aisle, sit your ass down. Let the person who's sitting in the aisle be the only one to stand up because there's not a run room, enough room for you on the fucking aisle. You know, there I is can't. not enough room for you on the aisle. Middle and window seat, sit your ass down. I've been middle and window seat all the time. My ass sits down. I'm I sit there tall. and you know, I wait. Hey. Oh, yeah, I am too damn tall, too. <laughs> And when you get in the aisle, just be efficient. Just be ready to go. You act like you don't know what's happening. People act surprised like it's their turn to go. Like, motherfucker, you've been standing there for 15 minutes. You know when your turn is coming. Yeah, like, they're like go. Oh. Yeah, like they're like looking at their phone. or like, Oh, shit. Not no, be ready. Be- mm-hmm. People got places to go. We got people to see. Mm-hmm. All right? I don't want to be on this plane anymore. Gotta get anymore. to my connection. Yeah. It, that's another one, too. I've had to fucking run through fucking Chicago uh-huh. Airport from one terminal to the other. Take the skyline thing. Yeah. Yo. Almost missed my. I was the last one there. They were like, "We almost closed for you because people were too damn slow." Yeah, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I had this flight. I got stuck overnight in Salt Lake recently because uh, the people in front of me were moving so damn slow. You I see missed that? my flight. It's some bullshit, <laughs> see? yo. See, Victoria, can, I, I can relate too, because y'all, because I've been on planes this past month and I've been in the back of the plane and I'm just like, God, why does it take yo, so long? Why so are you long. taking so long? Just fucking go. Grab your shit so and go. Long. And what sparked that was I always in have Aruba. to go pee too. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What sparked that was because when I was in Aruba, that's what happened. Like people are waiting for me because we're like, they got there an hour before. Like we'll wait for you. And I'm sitting there and I'm like in row 29 of 30. And I'm just like, these motherfuckers. And they're just like taking forever. And I'm like, yo, it ain't that hard. Grab your shit and let's go. Yeah. So, it, Spicy Angie and I clearly love to travel, but we don't like the people that we've been fucking traveling alongside because they don't know how to fucking I travel. I try to upgrade to the a closer seat to the front when I can, when it's not like ridiculously Problem is I'm a cheap overpriced. ass motherfucker, so I, I really mean, I am too, too but I hope you sit next to one of those Instagram models on your next flight. Southwest. Oh, Southwest, though. She gets off her private jet pictures. $500, though. She better not be fake, though. She better not be fake, though. I know. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. But moving on, though. We, we that might, was a good We might get minute. to the end of this. This has been a long It's been fun, but uh, you know we like to talk and get our hate out. Y'all know we love to get our hate out. It's good. It's refreshing. It's cleansing. Yes. Especially yes. Andrew's been on a cleanse all week. Green juice. Y'all, I'm so hungry. Whole nine yards. I'm She's so cleansing. hungry. But we always got to end on a positive note. <laughs> And amongst the topics that we talked about today, they were touchy topics. They were sensitive topics. Could have gotten a little negative. There's a lot of negativity in this world, but we always want to end with positivity. It's positivity rules. It's got to rule the world at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And today, Spicy Ange wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, she wanted to give the bar of the week. Yeah, so for us, I, uh, <laughs> speaking of Instagram, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a post from Kid Cudi uh, apologizing to his exes you know, in his 20s um, and how he treated them. And he was talking about 
you know, that he apologized for the way that he treated them and how shitty he treated them. But at the time, he wasn't happy with himself. So that's why he was projecting, you know, his unhappiness um, towards his ex-girlfriends. And so um, that really struck a chord with me because of some of the topics that we're talking about. And, you know, the bar of the week is really about um, before you can love anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that you love yourself first. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important uh, that you find love within yourself because if you're unhappy with yourself, you're going to project that unhappiness onto others. So You know what? That's the... I'm going to tell you right now, that right there is the foundation and is the root solution to every problem in the world. I promise mm-hmm. you that because every problem in the world stems from someone not being unhappy with themselves and blaming someone and blaming situations on other people mm-hmm. other than themselves because they're not happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think people underestimate that and they think, oh, it's just a bunch of kumbaya, hippie shit. No, 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 no. Think about it. If you are genuinely happy with yourself and love yourself. Why would you get mad at anything else, really? Why would you be worried about anybody else? Right. I don't need to hate on nobody. I don't need to blame nobody for my problems or for my unhappiness because it's me. It's me that has to yeah. solve this. I may nudge you if you're on my remote. Well, that's but. different. No, no. Well, no, that's different. It, obviously, if you see someone <laughs> causing yeah, yeah, harm yeah. to someone no. or something, yeah. But, but yes, the, the day, whole point just, is that, you know, make sure that you find happiness within yourself. Um, so that way you can project that positivity yeah. and happiness and to others. Work so. on that. Stop working on that. Everyone, our listeners, stop working on that. So it. that is the bar of the week. Anybody we have it. any shout outs before we close this up? I'm going to give it to the ladies first. Um. Yeah, just shout out to uh, to you guys. Thanks hey. for you know spending this time with me. I know it's been a while, but I, I feel 20 like... Minutes. I know this has been the longest one, but you know it's also it's been, been the it's been a while since we last uh recorded. It's been so. a lot of topics too, so. Yes. So, uh thank you for you know engaging in this discussion uh yeah. with me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks Victoria for joining us again as yeah, thanks, our v- guest. Victoria, spot thanks for, for coming on. Since past life is too busy no. for us. I have to shout out. I have to shout out, y'all. I have to shout out my mom, first of all. I haven't seen her in almost, a, I think, a year. Oh, my god! I'm going to go pick her up. She's in Dallas, but I'm picking her up on Saturday. Oh, so yay. That's really so excited. And it's basketball season, so I got to give a shout out to Mark Few. Go Zags. Oh, there we go. That's a good shout out. I appreciate that. Good stuff. Um, shout out to all y'all. Shout out to Victoria for doing this again with us. We really appreciate it. Um, shout out to everyone that listens and pays attention and Shout out to everyone that's uh, that's been there and supporting us in every facet of life. I don't necessarily mean just the podcast, just us individually. Big love. We love it. But until the next time, we out, yo. Peace. Peace.